Welcome to New Persuasive Words, a podcast of hope-seeking understanding. You're invited to listen in to an ongoing conversation about theology, culture, and politics between your co-hosts, Scott Jones and Bill Bohr. Regardless of topic, Bill and Scott offer intelligent insights and critiques, sometimes funny, occasionally contentious, but always remaining friends. Now, here are Scott and Bill. Welcome back to the show. This is episode two. Hundred and eighty-seven. I'm Scott Jones, and I'm Bill Bohr, and, and we're coming from New Jersey. Yes, welcome, new new house, new studio, new, new house, job. New studio. You've got a new job, great, exactly. It's exciting. So, so everybody, it's uh, it's great to see you, or for you to see us, and yeah. for us to picture you in our mind's eye. Right, we're right. good middle Platonists. <laughs> okay, so start, start right out in Bill's favorite century. Right, love, right, middle, right uh, that good old middle eclectic Platonism. Exactly. Yeah, a little eclecticism never hurts. Never anybody. hurt anybody, right? I guess. Right. So again, we are going to get back to the heresy uh, series, but uh, well, actually, actually, in some ways, we're continuing. Yeah, it's continuing. No, <laughs> I mean, it's not totally unfair to say that, but no, you're actually you're absolutely right. This does certainly fit into maybe the most serious. Uh, heresy of our time, at least in, in this country. And uh, it was inspired by an article that I read and that I sent to you and you liked. American paganism was in the Commonwealth. By the way, before we talk about American paganism, should we spend a minute talking about American politics? Well, you could. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, they actually got it right in New Hampshire. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. <laughs> they, yeah, they, they counted all the votes and everything. They counted all the votes. It's amazing. Got them in on time. Imagine that. Imagine that. So interesting. I think it's an interesting, uh, an interesting election. I mean, I think. Um, you know, By the way, they're ta- they're talking about the Biden campaign is continuing to try to lower expectations. He could die <laughs> or just drop out. I mean, like it, that's about the two ways you could did lower you, expectations. Did you, did you see the uh, Saturday Night Live? Because <laughs> yeah. uh, Vice President Biden, you have sixty seconds. They told me I had six to eight months. <laughs> yeah, my doctor said six to eight months. <laughs> no, I feel bad. I feel it, uh, and the fact that uh, uh, well, thank you. Uh, Thanks to this is from Facebook Live, where uh, live streaming Juanita Lynn Meadows, who's a former uh, member here. She moved to oh. Delaware. She moved to the great. Speaking of Joe Biden. The great state. She moved to the to the, to the great state of Delaware. Delaware. Very yeah, good. absolutely. Very nice. Nice. My uh, youngest son lives in Delaware. So, very good. Yeah, I. You know, I think. Um, yeah, poor uh, Vice President Biden. And I was. Uh, I guess it was on Fresh Air. There's a guy who wrote an article um, in um, for the New Yorker about uh, the new assassination. The whole idea of what this this latest assassination with that opens up. But he had done. He's the one who did did the kind of long-form article about Hunter Biden that was kind of used and misused, if you would, by, by um, you know, conservative conspiracy folks. But uh, just kind of an interesting thing to just, the, in some levels, the kind of untruths that are treated as truth that, that about uh, Vice President Biden. But I don't think that's why he's failing. No, no. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like Joe Biden's always been kind of undisciplined, and and, and never and, been a good presidential candidate, right? But but also empathetic, and and no, he's a great, he's like been a, a great, a great person, yeah. yeah. But like, I think like, and this is the thing, like Bill Maher's talks about the problem. And by the way, Leslie Graham is going to hell. I just wanted to put that out there. He, he could, he could. I mean, because the other day he said, uh, "My, you know, I don't think God's going to ask me on the day of judgment, you know, whether I voted to impeach Trump and." Uh, and someone said underneath, I go, I'm not sure that's the guy you have to worry about. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just, part of it is they were friends. He was friends with Biden. The way he stabbed Biden in the back oh, yeah. is just, it's just, I mean, 
used friendship used to mean something. Um, collegiality used to mean something, and yeah, that's inexcusable. All anyway, right, so who did I just? I just present Lindsay. I just consigned Lindsay Graham to hell. Yeah, I don't think I'm the first person to have done that. But I just hope I don't see him there. It's quite possible. But. <laughs> well, I don't want to sit with him. If I have to be there, you know, if I have to look over the fence from purgatory, I'll throw things at him. But anyway, disappointment. But go ahead. I'm I sorry. Think, remember that Simpsons where Marge is in Protestant heaven, and it's like these waspy people are like hello. They're playing croquet and things like. Where's homie? <laughs> he's he's in Catholic heaven. <laughs> she like dance like fighting with Irish people. And to dance, you know, like doing the Irish dance, and they're drinking wine. Like, well, where's Jesus? And they go, he's gone native. <laughs> and see Jesus like dancing with all the Irish Chinese in Catholic heaven. <laughs> That's like Mitt Romney. He'll be in Mormon heaven. I yeah, he, it's he, not some place I want to hang out. No, not Mormon heaven. But uh, yeah, I said so. Someone said, well. Pretty bad when the best Republican Christian is a Mormon. Exactly, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Nothing against Mormons. Nothing but I'm against just, Mormons. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, if heaven has no caffeine and no alcohol, it sounds bad. <laughs> and you have to wear special Because it's a long underwear. time. You're there a long yeah, time. Yeah, and special underwear. That's a lot of stuff. <laughs> Maybe just, I don't think you have to read that, wear your special underwear in celestial heaven. I Maybe, don't know. I'm not I don't sure. know. Anyway. But yeah, so, I mean, I think the Biden stuff, yeah. I mean, Biden is just not a... And also, if your campaign is predicated on... I'm the most electable one. You have to you place have to better than like fourth. You have to, you have to get elected. <laughs> if you're if among your own party, you're not finishing higher than fourth. Electability <laughs> might, might not. Be an issue. And I, I does Elizabeth Warren? Does that surprise you? What do you think happened to her? I mean, it was interesting. She seemed to have you know a month, a couple months ago, she seemed to, she was doing well in polls. I you know I just so, you know J- James Carville has been commenting lately. You know, the raging yeah, cage inspector. He's, he's back. Great. He's, he's back. He's great. Pulling is to get power. I mean, not just to have a revolution. It's to get in the Senate and you can pull in judges. <laughs> but, you know, he said, you know, she had, he said she had the best bio to run for president. But then she decided to chase Sanders and his voters. And I think it's interesting that she she was something unique, like like had a progressive edge, but wasn't like in the quite in the Bernie lane. Like right. she had her own thing. And then it feels like she went into the Bernie lane and it and it didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. And then, no. yeah. Does yeah. Bernie like Trump? I mean, I mean, here's the thing: they both have devotees. Yeah. So, like, like how many? Like, they did a poll with Warren's voters, and how many people? If Elizabeth Warren's not the nominee, how many of you like would not vote Democrat? Like, it was like zero. You're right. But, but that's not true for Bernie's. No, Bernie, and he brings in independent folks. He brings in a, a really an interesting eclectic yeah. bunch of folks. But I, I, I probably I do think the fact that were you surprised that Michael Bennett dropped out? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I liked him. I like him. Oh, he's a great guy. And Joe Scarborough said, he said, he quoted a senator. He wouldn't name him, but he said, I asked a senator, a prominent senator, like, what, but what senator would people vote for president? He said, he said, if we had to just vote in the Senate, Bennett would get 70 votes. Yeah. They said that he's that competent and, yeah, well, like, and you know, he's well yeah, liked. And, yeah. Well, hope, yeah. Hopefully, competency will matter someday again in the Senate. Um, it certainly doesn't now. I, you know, I don't, you know, I think the Pete, Mayor Pete, it's an int- that's an interesting campaign. He's running a good campaign. The fact, you know, like there's I'm- not anybody in my memory that's more consistently articulate, like never chokes in a debate, never like, I, you know, I mean, he, he rarely gets, I think he rarely gets caught, you know, it, it, with, with questions and tough interviews. Like he's, he's seldom ever stymied or trips. I mean, the guy is just. 
Well, he's a thoughtful. Smartest, he's and, the smartest guy in the room. Yeah, and, and articulate. I mean, because you could be too. smart and, and and not as articulate. And, as that. and actually, I think there have I think there were a lot of good quality Democratic candidates. I mean, some of the men, some of the best ones didn't get traction, but in a in a pretty qualified field. He's the smartest guy in the room. Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, you know, a Rhodes Scholar, you know, served in served in the military. Actually, actually served our country in the military. Uh, you know, yeah, I like how like Elizabeth Warren and these other people. Some of the, the critiques from well, well, you know, he he spent time when he could have been doing working in the private sector. So that's the, this is talking about puritanism. <laughs> <laughs> the Republicans for, can forgive all of Trump's sins. We don't know if we give over some of the work to the <laughs> private sector. <laughs> after, he, after he volunteered to go to... Unless he first goes into a Maoist shame circle. <laughs> that is acceptable. Yeah. And, and Amy Klobuchar, it does... I mean, what I found really interesting is the debate mattered. I mean, she came kind of... I mean, whether or not it's sustainable is another... I thought she peaked too late. I thought, you know, she's doing great, but she peaked too late. But that, I mean, that tight third in New Hampshire. I mean, that's... The, the, Did they say like almost half the people were undecided going into... Yeah. yeah I mean, I think that's... Because that's where you have this privilege in your Iowa and New Hampshire. Once you get... Because you, you decided, like, you want to pick. It's like The Bachelor. Like, give me a Who wants the rose? Who wants the rose? We, you know, it's interesting that you think about, like, you spend your whole life, if you're running the Iowa... Democratic Party, you spend your whole life, you're brown nosing, you're, you know, doing shit jobs at rubber chicken dinners, and you're doing all stuff just so one day you could be run the Iowa caucuses and you screw it up. Like, <laughs> see, you might be the reason they're going to be like, you know, we had, we were first before, right. <laughs> and now we had to go to a people, primary system. People used to spend $300 million here, and, and now we, lost that, we're, yeah. we follow California. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not going to, that needs to change. And I agree, I did all the contracts say, it says, you know, a more, representative state needs to start it out. I mean, there are uh, hardly any black people or Hispanic people in... Uh, you could do either a lottery or regional primaries. Like, okay, you, you, yeah. have, you have a six cluster or something, and in each, you take turns who goes first, but each cluster has enough representative states that, like, it, it would be, you know... No, yeah, or I, I do like the ro- rotating it around. I mean, I think there's a sense where... I mean, there is something good about having one or two start out with to get people to, to work on their speeches, to... I mean, they do press the flesh, but you know, it's still, it's not all d- dominated by advertisement yet. There's these, I like that personal nature. It just needs to be more representative. And, and it favors, like, it, it allows for upstarts. It does, People yeah. that normally couldn't, you know, it, 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 without Iowa, we might not have got someone like Obama who could no, come in and right. do reject. But, but it, it does also favor, oftentimes, like, you know, you look at, like, on both parties, it, it, it often favors people that are further from the center, like your Huckabees right. or your Bernies or, you know, like it, right, it's, no. it's, you know, because you have, it's small Santorum and active. did well. Santorum you know, won. Right, right, right. So, yeah, no, I agree with that. So I, I think Iowa needs not to be in, in, in the poll position anymore. I think that definitely. <laughs> that yeah, poll position. Be, it needs to be <laughs> out. <laughs> so also, what about Bloomberg is in third in the last national poll I saw. Right. And jumped up with black voters 15 points when Biden went 17 down yeah but until they start playing the thing they played today you know i don't know i mean he uh, could be he he does he's done some mea culpas it, you know yeah, he's yeah. he's doing the and you know what he's got a lot of money he does have a lot of money and you know and also he has the support of all these black mayors because he had this foundation where right. you would train he would you know he would bring in experts to do like c- consulting for them and give them grants and so like He's sort of cultivated this network of urban mayors. First of all, he is a real billionaire. Yeah. And secondly, uh, 
There's no state that said. Oh, he Trump's cannot, got. There's no state. Trump's got tens of thousands of liquid assets, yeah. at least, at least. That's right. And, well, his Trump's net worth by doubled for, keep, from the from the White House. And you keep charging six hundred dollars a room for the Secret Service, you'll make you'll make up some money there. No, but he actually his charities don't get shut down by uh, attorney generals of states. He, he's done a lot you know, of his good. kids have have to go to a class in New York State. That's part of the mandate. Like they have to go to a training about what a, fr- not a fraudulent, what's a non fraudulent cherry, uh, what's a non. Oh, we just crashed. Did we just crash? Oh no, that was just email. Sorry, I thought we crashed. I should have turned the email. Uh, he had to go to a his kids. Trump's kids had to go to a charity, a charity training, like in New York. Like this is what a non fraudulent charity does. <laughs> like you can't, like you can't use it to buy paintings of yourself. You can't, you can't use the charity to make political contributions. <laughs> was that? wrong we didn't, that, know that, we didn't know that that's was like wrong. when george sleeps yeah, with the cleaning exactly. we didn't know is that, that was wrong. Is, is that frowned upon because the last place i uh, worked at that happened all the time that's right yeah uh so like bloomberg that. could be i mean you could come down to it, it's very possible you could come down to a bloomberg sanders um primary right or actually you could come down to a contested um convention sanders could We'll get definitely get uh, delegates. Uh, Mayor Pete's going to get delegates. Uh, Klobuchar could get a chunk of delegates, and Bloomberg could because the super could get a ch- and so you can have. Well, like, and also, you could still Biden might still get some, get some delegates. That could still happen. Yeah, he's going to flame out though after South Carolina. Even I feel like even if he pulls out, I bet you Biden underperforms in South Carolina. Well, I'm not saying he. I, I'm not saying he doesn't win. But well, everything's pointing away. But I would say Bernie Sanders underperformed in New Hampshire. Although if Biden's still alive. You know, that's again, we've lowered expectations. So the fact that he showed up, got votes. I don't think enough of that's been made. Bernie under, under, he won, he beat, he yeah. beat, uh, Clinton by 20 points. In, but yeah. only a head, heads up election. I mean, no, there I was, agree. you know, there's so many, that was just a two, well, two people in O'Malley. Right. <laughs> Wait, did O'Malley drop out after Iowa? I don't remember. I forget. I forget too. No, I, I'm just saying it was, there was more people in it, but do you feel, I feel, I feel like, Bad that we, I mean, if, if he was listening right now, I feel bad. It's like, I don't know, did Mamali, what was he in the race? Because <laughs> yeah. you imagine the political consultants, look, you got a lane here. We got Hillary, people don't like her, and Bernie's too extreme, and you're O'Malley. Like, you, <laughs> and, you know, your head starts to swell. Yeah, you're Mr. <coughs> President, President O'Malley. <coughs> it does have a nice like, One of the consultants pulls out their their iPhone and starts playing Hail to the Chief, yeah. and you're just like, yeah, guys, let's do this. Let's, let's start raising money. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. Hey, David Norling, welcome back. Thank you, David. Have I ever shown you David Norling's golf swing? No. I he, have some videos of it. He played Division One golf. He played with Corey Pavin and these guys. guys wow. Well, yeah, I mean, he's he's amazing. Very nice. I know. I have to, we'll, have to, we'll have to see that because I need all the help I can get. Exactly. Um, so, no, it's interesting. And we have we do have, uh, I, you know, I don't even want to call it a, I don't think there's a, you know, the crisis has been overused, but uh, four federal prosecutors quitting. Uh, because the attorney general. Where's my road code? <laughs> there he is. He's right there. Yes, there he is. Yes. And did you see it? In, like, in a less attractive, more heteronormative form, but <laughs> oh it is his road code. Well, you know, the other thing too, I, I read something, I just read it, parts of it in the Washington Post where they're giving, they were giving, uh, the Department of Justice was giving grants, I guess, work of human trafficking, and they passed up Catholic charities and gave money to something called Hookers for Jesus. All right. Yeah, because partially because Catholic charities uh, supported were, were against the immigration policies of the administration. And the Catholic charities, what's wrong if you get against putting children in cages? I, I don't know what's wrong with the Catholic charities that they can't get behind Look, that. I don't want to say 
And then I'm against hookers for Jesus, though. Like I don't want to say it's not. It's not an either or. Let's not be in the be... prison of two, prison of two That's ideas. That's actually the name of the of the foundation. You're going to remember it. <laughs> You're not going to forget it. Well, I'm trying to, you know, having spent some time doing fundraising banquets, I'm just trying to picture what the hookers for Jesus fundraising banquet would be like. I actually don't have a hard time. <laughs> I don't think that's hard. And I think Trump probably would make an appearance. I think that that, that would be a, that's a cause he can get behind. Exactly. At, least, at least, I don't know, the Jesus part may be a drawback for him. Exactly. It's but, a tough. Anyway, so yes. Which leads into our point. Okay. Reasons Unless we have any other things you want to. I think we've covered. Yeah. We've covered things. So Do you want to make a pick right now? Who wins the nomination? Just or Because this is a good time to prognosticate. Uh, yeah. I. I'm I'm gonna stick with Mayor Pete. I'm gonna go out there and limb. I I think he I think he the African American voter is pragmatic. Okay, I uh, I think I think they end up with Mayor Pete before they end up with Bernie. I'm saying Bloomberg with your son. All right, that's right, John. You and John have gone Bloomberg. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the money and the and you know the other thing I think about Mayor Pete is although I might be wrong about this here my my original theory about why I think his candidacy it, it was. Flawed. I mean, not flawed in the sense of like, he's it's young. great. He's well, it's also, he, he's mayor he's, himself, man. I he's know. got the 2008 Obama hope change. We can bring people together. Mm-hmm. And we're in the tribal, like, right. you know, Obama, Obama, like the Republicans ended that when like Obama tried to do a lot of outreach in his first year. And they were just like, screw you. Right. We're, we're, we're doing nothing. We don't care if you give us tax cuts. We want the stimulus. We don't care if you have a, a center right healthcare plan that, uh, you know, the guy that would run against you also did like in massachusetts we don't care we're not working with you and i think this is where trump understands the moment where which also probably screws my bloomberg pick but i but i but balance out for the money but but i think like where where trump understands the moment is it's like base first base i don't know if trump understands the moment he is the moment right he is the moment right right yeah and it's just guttural i mean it's just it's just just, yeah i mean so i don't know but i I, but i think mayor pete the 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 thing that i think trips him up is like he's kind of like an obama 2008 like let's all get along and i feel like that might be but who knows maybe he maybe he'll be the person that gives people hope in that right. again right by the way I, here's trump's genius bloomberg's a racist he's a racist for stop at first which i support and also you see him apologizing in that church he looked pathetic sad almost crying the country doesn't need that kind of leadership so you're, <laughs> so you're, I know. Criti- you're critiquing him for being a racist for a policy you support then, then critiquing him for apologizing for the, <laughs> at, at a black church when you're saying he's racist. I mean, the, 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 this is like when he... And the, Sarah Sand- Saunders was on Fox this morning just being offended by Mike Bloomberg and his racist stuff. Wow. I mean, I, so first of all, when I think, when I hear Sarah Sanders, I think anti-racist and public decency. That's what, I mean, <laughs> that's what, I mean, that's what she's the poster who, woman. Who could yeah. we get? We need an anti-racist who, who <laughs> really is calling for more civility and public decency. Sarah Huckabee Sanders. There we go. There. <laughs> who could be Senator or Governor Sanders? Oh. She's uh, she's looking at um, running in Arkansas statewide, right. and they're just not sure for what. I, I heard they had her. I heard she she'd was, be great. Though. I heard she was going to be in charge of one of the concentration camps. That's what I heard. Eh. Yeah, yeah. It'd have to be a big one. Yeah, I mean, she, she's, she's, she's got big goal. No, but I mean, she is. Uh, but that's another one where, like, the guilty pleasure in me is like, ah, eh, it's a safe state. It's not going to go to a Democrat anyway. So if we're going to have, a, if we're going to have to have a Republican, let's have Sarah Sanders. Uh, hey, by the way, we didn't even get to talk about Rush Limbaugh getting the medal of uh, medal for freedom. Is that what he? Yeah, I heard they're I heard they're going to uh, posthumously give Tokyo Rose a, a Pulitzer Prize. <laughs> I like that. 
Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What about a Macho Man Randy Savage? Randy Savage. <laughs> you know, there's a guy. You know, my, one of my favorite Howard Stern bits. Once in a while, every time Rush Limbaugh's in the news, about every other time he'll he'll play like Rush is Pittsburgh is a top forty DJ. He was so terrible. He's like the worst of radio. And Howard's like, well, plays. He's like, he can't even do the talk up into the album. Like, oh, right, that's Journey. I mean, he, he's like, how is this guy telling us what to think when he couldn't even do the lead in talk up to the Journey song after the weather? Well, but obviously, it doesn't, there's millions of people that doesn't matter to. So, well, anyway, I hope Rush, uh, in all seriousness, I hope Rush was him best in his treatment. Right. Absolutely. I want to take a brief moment to ask you a quick question. Do you like this podcast? Do you enjoy it? Do you look forward to listening to it while you do a morning, afternoon, or evening routine, or while you're exercising, or while you're caught frustrated in traffic? Do you tune into it because of the conversations you find here? If the answer to the aforementioned questions is yes, or even just a solid maybe, would you do something for me? Would you consider becoming a Patreon sponsor of the podcast for just five bucks a month? Or more, it's for a good cause. You can help this podcast and one of the many others I do keep going. And you can help launch several other podcast projects I've got in the works. So I invite you to be a patron through Patreon of this, which I think is an art form you're enjoying and continue to enjoy. Again, any contribution is welcome, but for five bucks a month, you will get a shout out on the thank you roll call, which begins right now. Thank you, David Babico, Andrew Stravitz, Barry Stewart, Ben Crosby, Ben DeHart, Carol Clemens, Charlotte Donlin, David Norling, David Zoll, Ellis Brazil, Jennifer Spite, Jennifer Underwood, Jim Cress, Joel Wentz, John Schneider, Jonathan Butran, Jordan Mossberger, Josh Redder, Kai Wittenpeg, Larry Rule, Liam O'Brien, Michael Butera, Peter Steigerwald, Samantha Konauer, Sari Graham, Simone Garabedi, and Stephen Rowe, and Jody Stevenson. If you want to join these patrons through Patreon, just go to patreon.com forward slash Scott Kent Jones. Thanks again for listening, and now back to the show. All right. So back to modern heresy and, that's and, actually, paganism. and paganism. That's actually Rush's good, yeah. good move into paganism. Um, One of Bill's fine discoveries. Yes. Uh, it is, was it an American, or is it a Commonwealth Common magazine? Commonwealth magazine, which is, I think, a Catholic publication. Yeah. But it was uh, February 3rd. The author is David Albertson, who is a professor of religion at USC. Is that what he is? I think so. I'm, I'm um, really a thoughtful article. Um, I put it on my, um, put it, Associate Professor of Religion at University, yeah, USC. I put it on my Facebook page. But basically... Um, California is a disaster. It's a <laughs> disgrace. Yeah. But basically, he is addressing, you know, in a number of circles, part of the justification of the Christian support of Trump has been that equating modernity or, liber- or liberalism with paganism. And uh, even somebody that you kind of, you like Rusty Reno? I like Rusty a lot. Yeah. But I, you know, I, I had him on give and take. He's remarkably disappointing. Before the Trump yeah. election, I think. And, you know, he, he wrote this great piece in First Things called The and Coming of... And a generation that knew not new house. <laughs> well, he wrote this great piece called The Coming of the Strong Gods and right. about pagan and how... No, it was good. That uh, was- yeah, about how, like, basically, without Christianity, uh, uh, the Judeo-Christian tradition, this kind of paganism, the, the blood, the soil, the kind of, you know... And, and it was, and then like Rusty turns around and signs this intellectual 
No, it's one thing I think. Look, like I don't agree with it, but it's one thing if you're just an honest right person. Like, look, I, I'm a pragmatist. I know he stand, he much of who he is and what he's about is against everything I, I'm about. But there's some priorities, and I'm not. You know, I'm not one of these people that thinks Christians are more exceptional in politics. And I'm being a pragmatist, and and I'll critique right. him when I, you know, he I disagree, but on, on certain things, there's there's more of a sort of. I mean, this this is going to save Western culture, a right. kind of argument. Yeah, I mean, if you, Do you think Trump could spell Western culture, like <laughs> on a pop quiz, like just like, all right, spell Western culture. Uh, uh, I'd love to see him just spell W E the photo friend line. The person, the, the person most likely to be in the uh, Hall of Fame of Kitsch uh, shouldn't is yeah, not yeah, is, yeah, is yeah, not yeah. is not someone who's going to save Western culture. But the whole argument again. I mean, even when you've seen people saying, you know, Trump is like Cyrus or he's the one who's going to stand in the, the gap to prevent uh, the paganism of, of secularism. And, you know, they, you know, they point and, to things like. Cyrus presided over a great civil, I mean, like. was Cyrus a, could do things. Yeah, Cyrus, yeah. Cyrus could actually do things. Yeah. He was, a, he was, he was, he was actually, no opportunity for reality to no, be fame. No, he, and actually he was not afraid of war. He was a warrior. No, yeah, 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 yeah. So he didn't. You guys are babies. I'd never go to war with you. Yeah, right. I, well, first off, I'll never go to war. Never go to bone war. spurs. Bone spurs, right. Now, Cyrus did not have bone spurs. Um, but, uh, this idea that somehow the, the justification among certain, um, whether intellectual, pseudo-intellectual Christian circles or theological circles that what we have here is a real war, uh, for the survival of Christianity. And that, um, what we're dealing here, whether it be sexual libertarianism or libertinism, uh, the point to abortion, other things where that this is really the revival of a neo-pagan ism and uh you know i mean that's that's the argument and 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 what's interesting is several of them cited an a a essay that uh T.S. Eliot wrote in 1938 but obviously they didn't read that essay by the way is fantastic, fantastic. i have it somewhere on the, I, I think I, I think i've unpacked it or maybe it's another book notes towards understanding of culture right. and then the, the other one is ideas in a christian society and i mean that piece is fantastic. Right. And the interesting thing uh, is that the very person they they cite, uh, actually, if you look at his description of what real yeah. paganism is. <laughs> Go ahead. Do you have it? Yeah, I've got some of it here. Let me, it's, I took, it's towards the end. Yeah, towards the end. Here's here's what T.S. Eliot actually said. And this is when he fears, like, if, if you know, because he's looking at socialism and sort of a kind of capitalism run amok and everything. And so this is T.S. Eliot's. Yeah, fear that if we lose a basic, and he doesn't, he's not for like, oh, we all have to be Christians. He's just thinking like the basic Christian values in the society. So if we lose it, here's what it becomes. Right. The resemblance between the modern paganism feared by Eliot in 1938 and conservative politics of 2020 are uncanny. The paganism a future Christian will need to identify and resist, he warned, was will appear as unrestrained capitalistic greed. An authoritarianism seeking to weaken democratic norms as callous environmental degradation, as a superficial Christian moralism seeking to fuse church and state, and as a petty sanctimonious nationalism. Check, <laughs> check, 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 and check. check. Okay. And the interesting thing about it is that um, when you when you when you look at and the paganism he was looking at most most assuredly was 
you know, the, the, uh, the German uh, Nazism. There are, I mean, some, you know, the trouble is we probably went, Although to, also, we went to Hitler a little the, too soon. No, well, no, it's probably also not just German nationalism, but, 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 but also the American and British Catholic. He's, right. He's, he was, no, he's critiquing these, America. He's yeah. critiquing the West too. Right. And, and what he sees in Russia and places like Germany. So you have these... It, this is what's interesting because you know we play these off together. Right. He, he sees these excesses as both eroding decency and democratic norms, like not 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 un, not any kind of free markets, but the kind of like no. the market runs everything. I mean, right? The the elite the elitist because you know the Nazis were were not they were national so I mean they they were a weird racist kind of socialists, right? Right. They weren't really socialist, but they they used the term, but right. they were they were but it was a kind of they did that, make Volkswagen. They did make well they also they actually and and the industrial uh leadership were behind Hitler because he helped the economy. So the the, the nationalists nationalist in America, we can't even get free health care. At least other places <laughs> with the nationalism you get a little socialist. No, we don't, no. <laughs> you don't even get free health care. You, know, you do get the Trump rallies though. Yeah, the other the interesting thing too is I we think shouldn't have recorded from the Wildwood. We should have. The the other thing I think uh for me a parallel is um the uh, abortion has become the 2020 was earlier than that, but it's become the 21st century version of anti-communism in the 1930s in terms of that, for instance, the, the, you take the Roman Catholic church, the evil of, of communism, which uh, Marxism, which was very clearly an evil in the 1930s, uh, uh, a lot of liberals didn't see. Um, nonetheless, to combat that evil of godless communism, they were able to go soft on, on yeah, the Nazis. That, yeah, and yeah, I think yeah. there's a sense where some, Again, even people who are pretty thoughtful. Some of people who follow us that will remain nameless. I mean, the abortion issue is such a monolithic. Most issue. people that follow us remain choose, nameless. Choose to remain nameless. <laughs> All three of them. But um, but there's a sense. We can where, have T-shirts where we had our fans, like we had four fans, and then just nameless, <laughs> yeah, which would speak for as hundreds, a, as and hundreds, a, of as people. opposed to other podcasts. We our marketing strategy it's is not, pretty, it's, it's not, not very good. We're not. We don't feel the need to give anything with our name on it. But we're working on bobbleheads, though. All right, well, why not? But. Uh, um, I want the t-shirt. I want the tie dye t-shirt. Be great. Yeah, but um, no, the sense where in the, in the name of you know abortion is the universal evil, then they go to bed with whatever. That's really what the Roman Catholic Church did with, with the Nazis in in Germany and in uh, Austria. So I think it's it's an article worth we'll put we'll put it up there. But this idea that you know even I mean a Trump rally feels like a pagan rally. As a matter of fact, frankly. Some there are there are a lot of Christian rallies that feel pretty pagan in terms of that doesn't mean pagan. I wouldn't go, but you gotta know what yeah. you're going into. And the interesting thing is that where the one of the narratives that both you know certain school of Christian church historians got wrong as well as as some modern people was that Christianity. One of the things he goes into detail was Christianity actually was was very imminent. You know the yeah. sense where the trouble right now. With um, the Gnostic form of Christianity that that I would say a majority of Americans have embraced is that there it disconnects the way of Jesus from what's going on in real time, real place. So the rape of the environment, the fact that okay, yes, I'm I and I'm pro life too, but that an unborn child's life is more important than a than a child. In a, a concentration camp in Arizona or Texas. You ever remember that South Park episode where the mother comes in and says, I want an abortion? Well, at what stage? 96 months. That's murder, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Now, I, again, I, I think certainly on one level, there is, there has been a neo paganism in some of, of the ethics. Uh, 
what's his name at Princeton University? I mean, if there ever was an, uh, the, the ethicist who, oh, yeah, know, um, I, I just lost his name, Peter I'm, Singer. Peter Singer. I mean, that's you know, it's not. I don't even know if it's neo paganism. It's just straight up yeah, paganism. Like, well, uh, on that logic, you'd have to go with infanticide. Yes, infanticide yes, is restrained infanticide. So, is legitimate, right? And again, I, I mean, I, I under the. The disintegration of you know of affiliation with traditional Christianity, but frankly, a lot of people have left a Christianity that is just a shadow of what the church or Christianity is supposed to be anyway. So, I mean, in some levels, the fact that the American Christian church is dying is probably and part of it's necessary, you know. And and I spend a lot of time with different groups who you know are trying to keep churches alive, and sometimes I walk away from those meetings saying. You know, it might be okay if this one doesn't. You know, so I, there's a sense where I understand. Um, so you're like a hospice nurse with the morphine. Let's just kick up the morphine. <laughs> I <say> loud, but... <laughs> really, guy? <laughs> this is what you think church is, really? No, I'm, I'm done. But no, I, so I, I think this idea of, of the lack of a sense of, of an incarnational theology in a lot of Because his point he, is like basically the way we yeah. frame... Yeah. Paganism today, and in, in, in certain conservative circles as well, we worship a transcendent God, and you know uh, these pagans are just you know all just worship the earth and every all sexual and physical pleasure and stuff. It, and he makes this point that like if the Christians had just come and announced, oh, there's a new transcendent reality that you that you can't see in the world, but it's, it's wonderful. Romans would have been cool. They, 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 of course, like uh, that's why the Gnostics try to reboot it a little exactly, bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey guys, this isn't working. We need exactly. to reboot it. <laughs> so, like, but this radical imminent caring about human suffering and, and seeing and the suffering this, God and the suffering God. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, this ties into our last podcast a little bit in terms of you know the, some of some of Christianity's well-intended defenders are sometimes part of the problem. You know, the people that had trouble with the rhetoric of the one who shall not be named. <laughs> Second half of fifteen eighteen. <laughs> so I, I think this idea that um that's significant I I'm I, again you and I uh, spent a lot of time in um you know mainline well I guess we're still in mainline Christianity and you know it's pretty evident and a lot of mainline Christianity it's post-Christian. I mean there's a sense where that the central concerns of the faith no longer are what drove the machine and 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 I think it's declined in a lot of circles not not everywhere. I mean there's some very vibrant Christianity in that and certainly some you know some of the Christianity that's not bought into the latest version of American idolatry, you know, is is our faithful presence in, in mainline churches. But there was a sense where um, in a lot of ways, there you know, we used to laugh about the J word at Princeton, you know, the Jesus word, you know, that the, that the God of Princeton Seminary had become a very transcendent being, you know, uh, so transcendent we don't really care if the deity exists or not, you know, and and I think that piety trickled down, and you know, you see what you have in the mainline churches. What's well, interesting? What you say? Trickle down economics, trickle down piety. Neither of them seem to work. Them work, but. It seems like the right wing of the church learned nothing of the failure of the left wing of the church from the 60s and 70s and forward. And, you know, in terms of those of us with some historical knowledge, um, there's reason we're nervous when we see those Trump rallies. There's a, there's a reason we're nervous when these death threats come to, um, you know, uh, Mitt Romney and others. Uh, there's, we're, we're nervous when people say, oh, the deliberations of the Senate are boring, meaning the senators themselves are saying that the constitutional responsibility is boring. Um, it's problematic when you have armed mobs uh, walking in the capital of the state of Virginia. So we're in a we're in a very I think a very dangerous time. 
And I think large segments of the Christian community, people who nurtured me in the faith, uh, have acquiesced to the new, the new paganism in the name of fighting paganism, which is always remarkably funny and ironic if it wasn't so tragic. Yeah, and this is like, you know, the two popes reference, you know, where they, you know, you marry the spirit of the age, you're destined to be a widow. And you're right, like, uh, this is what this has killed mainline Protestantism, right. the marriage of the spirit of the age. And it's, uh, it, 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 it's like evangelicals are doubling down on it. You know, sometimes I wonder if this God, you know, God living us to our own desert. We, you know, we killed hundreds of thousands of people in the Middle East. We've disrupted their cultures. Uh, we destroyed, you know, we've destroyed. I mean, this country was was founded on founding sins with uh, destruction of Native Americans and the enslavement of uh, the African slave trade. So maybe we're just maybe it's just coming to roost. I, you know, I I don't know. I mean, I I I think our ideals are are beautiful and and you know, but the death of the liberal democracy, or, or that's not called the death, but the the extreme illness of the liberal democracy across the Western world is uh, is very problematic. And you know, um, Darwinistic capitalism. Is alive and well here. It's alive and well in in China, and um, you know the poor are getting poor, and and the richer the richer getting richer, and smaller numbers of them. And the fact that no one seems to speak about that from a position of faith is a historical anomaly. I mean, historically, the Christian gospel would speak against this kind of pagan materialism that uh, that is so rampant, and uh, to the point where you have know, someone like Jerry Falwell Jr. says, you know. Mitt Romney had no business bringing religion into his vote. That's what the son of the founder of the moral majority had to say on Fox News. We couldn't have written that. We could not have written that. But, you know, I think of Halik's, we've quoted several yeah. times where Halik says, you know, the death of God, crises of faith, not just individually, but culturally. You know, that that, that this is part of the, the dying God. It's not the last word. And there's hope. No, there's no. hope for a resurrection. Well, it means that we, some of us, we just need to become Christians again. We need to, we need to, or we all need converting. I'm not going that far. <laughs> I tried that. I mean, you know, the, the lectionary is taking us through the Sermon on the Mount. If that doesn't give you a reality check, I don't know what. There we go. will. So, all right. Well, I love your new digs. Uh, Thanks. We'll congratulations, be here. Scott. Sometimes remotely, sometimes yeah, serious. Yes. Thank you. Cheers to you and cheers your new, to, uh, new beginning. And cheers. And thank you all for listening as always. Thanks so much. I know. Hey listeners, thanks for joining us for today's episode of New Persuasive Words. Hope you enjoyed Scott and Bill's conversation, and will join us back here next time. Until then, thanks for listening, and God bless.